Welcome to the Culmination Back Bar Podcast. I'm Stephen Shalman, your host. Uh, we cover all things Culmination, and joining me this morning is my amazing co-host, Amanda Martin-Tully. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. So we get to have beer for breakfast, oh, which is always awesome. I love it. It makes my Sunday mornings. It really and truly does. And what are you drinking this morning? So let me get the correct name as it is now, Sour Flower Power Hour. I always call it Super Sour Flower Power Hour. So I wanted to give the correct name. And so I'm <laughs> drinking some um, 4 and 20, or Imperial Black IPA. It's fall, so it's back on tap. Um, and our guest today, I'm really excited about this. I'd like to welcome um, CJ uh, Mueller. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So for those that don't know, you are the new executive chef at Culmination. Uh, so I'd like to welcome you. And uh, we're going to do a number of podcasts with you. Uh, so this one, we're just going to cover your story, you know, how you got in the culinary world, how you got here. We're going to do a podcast in a couple of weeks with you and Tomas talking about the culinary the next step of the culinary vision for culmination uh, down the road. We'll do a podcast uh, once you kind of figure long-term what you're doing about the menu. Uh, and then I think uh, we do p- podcasts, Amanda, one-offs for beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should do some one-offs for some of the dishes, don't you think? Yes, I got to take a peek at the menu, and I'm really excited. Oh, I, I had <laughs> So it's crazy it sounds. I had, uh, CJ, had one of your roasted beets. Nice. Simple, but amazing. Thank Super you. good. And your BLT, oh. M-G. I haven't had any of this yet, and I'm really sad because so I can let see me make, the joy in your eyes. So let me bring some pain into your life. Okay. Uh, so the BLT <laughs> had a pork belly, a perfect oh. bread, heirloom tomatoes, heirloom tomatoes, garden lettuce, a farm fresh egg. Oh. That, that sounds amazing. And I then, like the way I want you to just read the menu aloud. <laughs> It would be the perfect nighttime story. And it went great <laughs> great with a glass of phages. Okay, enough about our nonsense. Uh, let, <laughs> let us get into um, CJ's story. Okay, so where were you born? Uh, I was born uh, in Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. Okay, and then, uh, and then from what happened from there? Um, lived there for about a year. Uh, you know, I was in the dating scene, online a lot. Um, and <laughs> As a toddler? Yeah, definitely. You, you didn't do that? <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, I moved to uh, Elgin, which is a suburb of Chicago, uh, and lived there uh, from the ages of two to eight. Two to eight. Okay. And then where? Uh, back here to Portland. Back here to Portland. Yeah. Okay. Where'd you go to high school? Hillsborough High School. Okay. Hillsborough High School. So, so you know the Northwest. Born in the Northwest and raised in the Northwest. That is correct. With a little bit of Midwest in there. A little Just, bit of Midwest. Okay. So do you follow like the Bears or the Vikings or anything? No, I follow the Saints. You follow the Saints? Hmm. Yes. Okay. That's a choice. How how the heck did that happen? Uh, I went to uh, went to college in New Orleans. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, okay. So following high school, tell us about that. What so what happened after college? Uh, what happened after high school? I mean high school. Yeah, excuse me. Gotcha. I've had um, a lot of four and twenty this morning. I know it's a big one. <laughs> Careful, that's blackout beer. Um, I uh, I received a scholarship to go to New Orleans and um, to the University of New Orleans. University of New Orleans, yes. And um, it was it was it was time to get out of the house. So uh, I went two thousand miles away and. Checked out something brand new, and um, that city is still resonates with me a lot. It's a big part of me. Near and dear to your heart. Yeah, very, very much so. What did you go to school for? Political science. Okay. Because I know a lot of people kind of in the beer industry, even though you're not a brewer at this point, did the chemistry, so I didn't. I was just kind totally, of wondering yeah. what your background was. I was always good at math, but um, didn't like doing it. Okay, so you went to school for political science. That's correct. Uh, what, 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 what month did you arrive in a, there in New Orleans? Um... Well, I, I arrived uh, two weeks before Hurricane Katrina made landfall. That's what I was getting wow. at. That must have been one heck of an experience. It was. It was um, uh, exciting to use, a, for lack of a better choice of word, and it was also, um, yeah, it was an eye-opening experience. Totally. Okay, so you're our executive chef, so obviously something happened between political science and now. Um, when did you start cooking? Um, 
about end of my first year of college. Um, I'd been working in restaurants and um, just kind of was feeling like I needed to do something with my hands. So you're working in restaurants in New Orleans? Yes. So it must have been front of house? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, started out as a host, moved into a busing position, eventually got to be a server. Um, got really, really into wine for a little while and Ooh. just how that interacted with food. Um, there wasn't a great beer scene in New Orleans back then. I mean, we had Abita and that was it. So I was, really wasn't into beer at that time or didn't know that I was. I love me some Abita. Oh, I do too. I'd like us to do a collaboration with them sometime. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be fun. Be fun. It's hard to find the purple haze up here, but when you do, it's a special experience. Amen. Um, but uh, I just kept kind of peeking back in the kitchen and seeing what was happening back there, and eventually I figured I need to learn how to cook for myself because I couldn't boil water at the time. You oh, know? wow. Um, that's an exaggeration. I could boil water. I didn't know if you were like an easy-bake cook or anything like that. I made really good hamburger helper. <laughs> do you know how to make holy water, by the way? Uh... Whiskey? No, you, you, holy water. He said he, yeah, you boil the hell out of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's such a dad joke. <laughs> okay, so you're, pe- like you're, 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 you're peeking back into the kitchen, and what'd you say to the chef? Um, can I come in sometime? Can I, can I work for you? And uh, he was like, do you want it paid? And I was like, no, 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 not at all. He's like, good, because we're, we're not paying you. That's called staging, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You, that's how you get in. You stage. Yeah. That means you, work for you free. You work for free. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, great, yeah, come in tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m., okay? And uh, he had three cases of snap peas set on the counter for me, and he was like, that's your project. And what, clean them? Clean them, yep. Pick all the little spines out of them. Mm-hmm. Get all those little snap pea gets stuck between your uh, thumbnails and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds awful. It was, uh, it sucked. Yeah. So did you like it? <laughs> I liked being in the kitchen. Um, liked eating the snappies. Didn't like cleaning them so much. But. So a, a brewery analogy, that'd be like saying, okay, I'm going to come work at the brewery, and their first job they have you do is cleaning kegs. Scrub those kegs, yeah. But if you like the experience of being in the brewery, then maybe you should be a brewer. Yep. If you like the experience of being in the kitchen, even though you're cleaning snappies, maybe you should be a cook. Totally. It's the, you have to do the grunt work first, you know. Um, and did you end up being a chef then, and a cook at least, in uh, New a, Orleans? A cook, I did, yeah. Eventually they, they put me on the line, and I, I got to have that experience and start feeling what it means to work 10 hours a day in a hot, sweaty kitchen, hovering mm. over a fryer and a stove. And what do they call that? Making your bones, right? Making your bones, that's right. And, and when did you get your first knife? Um, that was yours, like your special knife. Was that a thing for you? I actually didn't get my first knife until I moved back to Portland. Um, wow. Yeah, th- th- I, I was using a loaner knife up and until then. Because um, that, that's, that's like kind of like a, almost like a... a um, it's a, a rite a, of passage. There, that's It's the, a rite of passage, that's definitely, awesome. yeah. Um, no, at the time I was doing, you know, half my week in the front of the house, half my week in the back of the house. Wasn't m- really making it to class at this point. Was just kind of enamored with the restaurant. Um, and uh, so, yeah, th- there was always a set of beater knives on the wall, and that's usually what I got to use up until I got back here, and it was like, well, if you're really going to do this, you need to buy yourself a piece of equipment. You mm-hmm. know? So what, 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 where did you work at? Is there any cool place you worked at in New Orleans? Um, I spent most of my time at GW Finn's, um, which is kind of a, was, was a modern seafood restaurant at the time. Um, they definitely had some, some of the southern influence in the Creole and the Cajun, but it was a, more of a modern seafood restaurant. We would have uh, anywhere between 8 and 14 different kinds of fish on the menu. Wow. You know? It's pretty unreal. Um, so so uh, what year did you come back to Portland? I came back, I want to say 2009. Okay. 2009. Yeah. Okay, so before we get to Portland and why you came back, I just want, I, I love New Orleans. I love um, Louisiana. Uh, so beignets, Café du Monde? Love them. Love them. Was, was that a stop for you? Miss Chicory Coffee. It was a stop for me. Uh, there was many a hangover morning 
uh, that uh, Cafe Du Monde was part of the process. And those that know, if you if you're listening to this podcast and you go to Cafe Du Monde and you particularly, Manny, you pay, take notes, you pay attention because someday you're going to find yourself in New Orleans. I hope so. Don't go to the front. Go to the back. There's a window at the back, and that's where the locals order. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and get the chicory coffee, right? Always get a cup of chicory coffee. And uh, are you a fan of the muffalata? Love it. Love it, and uh, love the po' boy. Okay, so here's a, here's a dangerous question. Do you put cheese on your po' boy? No, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. That is not a po' boy. That is, cheese heard, does not find its way onto that sandwich. <laughs> I've heard many people say that is a horribly wrong That's thing wrong. to do. Don't do that. <laughs> Noted. Okay. So um, Back window, no cheese. You will be chased out of the South if you put a <laughs> cheese on your po'boy. So you ended up um, finding your way uh, from political science to uh, cooking. And did you know when you're, uh, at some point, did you realize before 2009, this is it, this is my career direction? I, I knew it was my direction. You know, I, I don't think I've ever been that person that just has that moment of like, I'm going to do this, I'm only going to do this, I'm never going to do anything else. It was like, this is the direction I need to take. And I need to take this path as long as it's going to, make me happy and it has made me happy for a very long time so what brought you back why why come back to portland in 2009 i wanted to i initially wanted to get out of new orleans just because uh from the years 18 to 22 i lived there and that's a it's a party town it's an adult town and if i was going to make a drastic life change i needed to have a chance to refocus too and and change your context change my context a little bit definitely um and it's nice to be a little bit of a wanderer especially when you're young you know and jump around but i had family back here um, the Portland culinary scene was kind of starting to explode, and I wanted to be a part of that. So two things, food and family. Yep. And then you got, and then you got your knife. And then I got my knife. I like that. That's awesome. And I finally learned how to use it about three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't believe. Okay, so uh, what are some of the cool places you worked? Tell us about your culinary journey when you first get back to Portland. I, um, was it easy to find a job when you got here, 2009? No, it was not. Uh, but... I didn't have a whole lot of um, experience by me. I didn't have a whole lot of context. I was kind of coming to people and just saying, I'd work as hard as I could. Please give me a shot. I'm um, good with snap peas. I'm good with snap peas. I have the snap peas <laughs> under my fingers <laughs> for sure. Um, I got a job at South Park, uh, which is in downtown, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a very well-established restaurant. It's been around for a while. Um, very well-respected. Very well-respected. Um, a lot of good people have come through there, and uh, that's where I got my chops, you know, as you say. I spent two years there, and um, that's high-volume cooking. It's grueling, um, but it's something I'm really happy I did. I learned a lot. I had a lot of great mentors from there. Um, okay, and then where'd you go from South Park? I moved on to Park Kitchen, which, uh, again, highly respected, highly touted mm-hmm. restaurant. Uh, made a lot of connections in the industry. Uh, worked with uh, very closely with Scott Dolich and David Padberg. Um, also with Will Price and Joel Stocks from Hold Fast. I got to meet them. So these are all chefs? These are all chefs. And, and these are and these Portland are chefs that have influenced your culinary journey? Very much so, yeah. And, and just to say, like, you didn't start out, you know, McDonald's kind of cooking. You just came here and were like, I don't have that much I, experience. I jumped and right you, into fine dining. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's astounding. Obviously, there's a lot more than you're giving yourself credit to to be like, oh, and I started here. Like, and that's, that's very genuine. It says a lot about you. It's just, Thank it's you. very impressive because I've been to those places for happy hour because like, that's right. what I can afford. <laughs> but I looked at the real menu and I'm like, oh, that looks fancy. Yeah. So what is one thing that Scott, uh, Scott, uh, tell me correct pronunciation of his last name. Scott Dolich. Dolich, what's one thing he taught you? Probably a lot, but what sticks out at, at this point right now? He, he taught me that I need to learn how to remember everybody's name because that's mm. Scott's like gift. He knows, once he meets you, he knows you, and he can always like recreate that connection on every next meeting. That you know? is a gift. Wow. That is a uh, that is a really good skill to have too. It's hard. It's a hard skill. But I still you can can't learn. do it. I still can't do it. I actually don't know the two people sitting with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
okay, uh, Stephen gets my name wrong. <laughs> That's right. This is Amber, by the way. <laughs> I, was, I thought your name was DJ. So. It's tough. I, I, I've tried every mnemonic system, and I can't, I can't figure it out. Okay, but. and uh, David Padberg, what's what one thing he taught you? Uh, discipline. He was he he has had probably the strongest influence on how I cook. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of big influences, but uh, you know, he showed me a lot of products. He showed me a lot of um, farms and things I just hadn't really seen, or hadn't really got a chance to put my hands on. But there was a lot of discipline behind that, and a lot of respect for the product, and a lot of respect for the work and the labor that goes into the product before it gets to the kitchen. You know, and that's something that I hope uh, we're able to do here at Culmination too. Is is really be in terms of cooks be framers for the farmer you know i like i'm, I'm not yeah. the painter the farmer is the painter i'm framing the picture Ooh, that's cool i like that okay so then after park kitchen you did what a second tour of duty at south park that's the best way to put it a second tour of duty i wanted to get back in the trenches i want to do high volume again um uh my original cooking mentor ryan gall had just become the head chef over there and uh, i wanted to go work for him again and um i really believe in his food he's now at the woodsman tavern as the head chef and he's awesome um, and you learn, you learn stuff from him. That's I, part oh, of the I, reason it's not just I want to cool, cook in this amazing kitchen right. is I want to cook with this chef, right? Yep. He, he, he taught me how to have presence in the kitchen and how to be, you know, how to put my head down when it was ne necessary and how to hit that fifth gear and how to cook with high, high speed and just tempo, 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 you know. And then Park Kitchen was the kind of more romantic cooking side of things. Let's take our time and let's put things on the plate and let's be really harmonious about it. But... Both are necessary to be a good cook. You yep. Know? So uh, you, after your second tour of duty at South Park was done, then where'd you head off to? I uh, rejoined uh, David Padberg at um, Raven and Rose uh, and kind of helped um, the second wave of cooks coming in there to open that kitchen. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that must have been quite an experience. That was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Okay. And then following that? Uh, after Raven and Rose, um, I took a little break from cooking. Um, I jumped around to a few kitchens and did some odd stuff, um, but mostly I was kind of transitioning away from it. Um, I didn't really feel like it was, I, 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 I felt like I had a lack of forward motion after Raven and Rose. Mm. So I eventually kind of went back to doing some front of the house work. So maybe you just needed a break. Needed a break, you okay. know, as we all do. And so where were you working front of house? Uh, bamboo sushi. Ooh, we, oh, okay. we love bamboo sushi Everybody here. Everybody loves <laughs> bamboo sushi. Culmination, yep. we are big fans of bamboo yep. sushi. They, they, uh, they kind of uh, partnered with us on the June Mai Mai. Yep. Yep, yep, we love that. And I think that we have an event coming up in October with them, too, to kind of uh, do some pairings and some, some celebration of that partnership. Yeah, so. and if you're listening to this podcast and it's 2018, we'll probably regularly do cool stuff with <laughs> totally, Bamboo Sushi. Totally. We love them. Okay, so you're front of the house with Bamboo Sushi, and this is where your culmination journey starts to unfold. Sure does. How, who, who did you meet when you're at Bamboo Sushi front of house? I, um, I met Sean Kalis uh, through his uh, fiance, who was working at uh, Bamboo Sushi at the time, Dana, and... Um, She's awesome, by the she way. She is amazing. Uh, and I, I think she just got to a point where she couldn't listen to me talk about beer anymore. <laughs> um, I'd been brewing at that point in time for a few years, and uh, all I could talk about was beer. Okay, okay. Time out. So you're, you've been a chef. Yeah. You're working now. Well, burned out a little cook, bit. Cook. A... I've been a cook up to this point. Okay, fine. Sorry, it's titles. And I, I, you know. I know. It's just like, I'm not a brewmaster. Yes, you actually are, but we won't I'm, tell I'm you. I'm starting to see why you and Sean are friends. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Tomas, right? Yeah. And Tomas. You fit. <laughs> okay, so you, um, you've been a cook. You're taking a bit of a break. You're front house of bamboo sushi, yet you're yammering on to Dana about beer. When did you start homebrewing? Uh, 2011. 2011 with a, with a couple buddies, both who actually I met at, at South Park, and we just um, needed a new creative outlet, and 
at this point in time, I, I loved beer. I developed a real passion for beer, and we just wanted to make it. We wanted to see if we could make it. So beer for you is a creative outlet. Totally. Awesome. So you're home in 2011. You're bothering the heck out of Dana, and she says you need to meet my fiancé, Sean. Yeah. And for those that don't know, I hope you do, but in case you don't, Sean Kalis is a, 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 one of our brewers here at Culmination. He also happens to be the founder of Ruse Brewing, mm-hmm. which, uh, which is amazing. Uh, earlier on the Portland Beer Podcast, I had some um, Ruse Brewing Interpreter Double IPA, which was amazing. That's delicious. And so we, we cheerlead Sean, and we love it that he works full-time for us, helping us make great beer. And he comes on his day off, and he makes the occasional beer for Ruse. And we hope someday to cheerlead him to have his own brewery, which totally. is exciting. So you and Sean became friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He... I think at first he was kind of like, I don't want to talk to this guy and be pestered about beer. Like, you know, he's a busy guy. But um, I just kind of started bringing bottles, you know, to Dana and being like, take him home, have Sean give me feedback. And finally it met up and it was like, dude, that, uh, that Imperial Stout's really good. And he's like, yeah, you liked it? Yeah. You want to come over for a brew day sometime? Okay, sure. You know, like that, that we just kind of formulated a little friendship there. So I love it. Sean's a fantastic guy. He is, yeah. Okay, so then you go back into cooking. I do. I, I got an opportunity um, to work at Atawla, which uh, uh, is a fantastic tapas restaurant in northwest Portland. Yeah, amazing. And Jose Chesa is a really um, cerebral chef. He's just, he's out there. And uh, I had an opportunity to be the sous chef there, and uh, I had to take that. I had to give that one more swing and, and see if it was for me. Uh, and it was a great experience all in all. I learned a ton. So that kind of added to your palate. More things, more skills, yeah. more key learnings. I'd never done... Um, Spanish or Catalan style cooking. I'd never worked with that region just as a focal point. And, you know, a lot of people make paella, but to go and work for somebody who really paella is a part of his culture, that's something that I wanted to see, you know. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to see that, that cultural cooking a little bit more. You know, it's funny when you, uh, Amanda, you know this in the corporate world, when you look at a resume, if someone has been at uh, five places in 10 years, they're like, oh, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Except in the chef world. And then if you've been at five places in 10 years and there are five cool places, people are like, man, look at all you've learned. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you've learned something from each of those chefs and each of those experiences, and that actually makes you a better chef. Totally. And it's a specialized profession. I mean, nobody knows everything. You know, you can't, you can't just learn cooking in a global sense and say, well, I've got everything figured out um, from the east to the west. Like, you have to, there's a lot of culture there. Um, the nice thing is that Spanish um, food really ties into southern food because uh, Creole and Cajun are heavily influenced by French and Spanish cooking. So it kind of was coming back full circle as well. I like that. Okay, and then you spent a little bit of time at Bithouse Saloon. I sure did. I was running a test kitchen for Jesse Card, um, kind of just using my cooking skills to make techie stuff for cocktails. And now we're really getting into the heart of the culmination journey because of bless Sean's heart. Sean has been um, helped helped you get here. We I should give, he has. I should give Sean a hug or a kiss. Maybe he would. <laughs> he would probably like one of the two. I of think those. he'd take a hug. <laughs> I think he would take a hug. But uh, he brewed multi beast, um, which I hope he brews it again. Amazing beer, and he had a release at Imperial Tap Room, and you met some of the other people part of culmination. Yep. You met uh, Jolky and Tony. Yeah, we were we were talking about some um, some interesting products, and we were talking about beer and. Yeah, just had a great night drinking a lot of multi beast. Yeah, and then uh, what? The next day, Sean called you. Uh, I think it was. A, I think it was two days. He he sent me a text, and the text was just, "Hey, give me a call when you have time. Uh, I got something important to ask you." Okay, and then you called him. Called him. And what did he say? And he said, "You know, do you want to be the chef at Culmination Brewing?" <laughs> and what did you say? <laughs> and I honestly said, "I don't. I don't know, dude. Um, I'm kind of, kind of." And you know, I told him, "I said, you know what my my focus is now. My focus is." Uh, getting closer to beer um, and that and working with those flavors and uh, I don't know if that's 
going to be what I want. And he pretty much looked, you know, he didn't look me back in the eye. We were on the phone. <laughs> but he said, he said, you should take the interview. You should see what they have to say. Because long term, what do you want to do? Right. Cur- I mean, things may change, but currently, what's your current long-term plan? I, I want to open a brewery of my own. You want to have your own brewery? I do. Um, I, I love making beer. I love making food. Um, to me, they're, they're both crafts that, that you put a lot of effort into, and then you get to share them with people and watch as their eyes light up and they have an experience with them. And they both go really well with good company and music. So, you know, um, I'll, food, food for me ties directly into beer and vice versa, but the long-term goal is to open a brewery. And you're fulfilled. You enjoy cooking. I love cooking. It's not like it's a... It's not a burden. It's, yeah, it's not, not a burden. Perfect it's not, word. You know, it is work. But it's not a burden. Yep, you enjoy it. It's fulfilling. I've seen you in the kitchen, and you're kind of you're happy. You're glowing. You do a great job. The food is amazing. Thank you. Um, but long term, you'd like to have a brewery. Yep. And one of the things I I have goosebumps. Uh, I don't know oh yeah, you totally do. I totally do <laughs> because it, I, I thing I just love about Coleman H is we want to help people get where they want to go. So I'm able to talk about Sean, and we talk about him on the. Uh, culmination back our podcast and our thing because eventually he's going to have his own brewing facility and we're going to say we helped make that happen and I hope someday you have your own cool brewery and we can say we helped make that happen. Totally. Thank you. So I just, I love that that's a goal and we can help be a part of it. Okay, so um, so you're going to sit down. Before we get to the interview, uh, had you met Tomas before? Uh, we'd met spottedly through uh, Bing, which is the Beverage Industry Networking Group um, and uh, we'd exchanged, you know, mild conversation from time to time um, when I took the interview, he didn't remember that we'd done that, but he's Aww. a busy guy. He meets a lot. I'm not, I'm not a memorable person. That's fine. At least in the beer terms yet, <laughs> at least in the beer sense. But, um, but he meets a lot of people too. But yeah, we'd met, we'd met from time to time, cross okay. paths. Okay. And so, um, how did the that first interview go for you? It was really exciting. Um, I, I kind of knew about 20 minutes into the conversation that if I was going to take the job, you know, that I'd be, I'd be stoked. If I, if I was going to step back into a kitchen that this would be the kitchen that I'd want to step back into. So wow. what made it exciting? Why, why was an interview about working at a knuckleheaded brewery, why was that exciting? Um, well, because it's a knuckleheaded brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a knucklehead, and I love beer. Um, because all of us in the room immediately started to sync up on what we wanted to see happen. We, we believed that there was a lot of potential um, to do new things. Um, I, you know, usually in the interview, they're chasing you. Um, and I, I immediately kind of started to realize I was, I was chasing them. I, w- I wanted this job. Um, so there was I, some synergy in the room. Yes. And, and there was a lot of just syncing up on, on ideas. And uh, someone would float out an idea in this corner, and everybody else would be like, yep, I'm in. And then s- someone else would throw out something, yep, I'm in. And I feel like it really hit a turning point when Tomas kind of leaned back in his chair and was like, I want a yes or no answer. You want to do oysters? Yes. I'm thinking to myself, I think I got the job. Because <laughs> because you don't so he, that's a horrible question because you don't know if he loves or hates oysters right right I mean very open ended and you said yes yeah are we gonna have oysters here we're gonna do we're gonna really try uh, this winter to do um, one night a week oysters you know wow. and, and make it an event you know um, and what I told him from my perspective was um, I don't wanna I don't wanna sit on any kind of seafood I don't wanna I don't wanna have rollover product I wanna make it an event promote it say hey if you get to culmination on X day of the week. We're going to have 12 dozen oysters, fre- fresh, local oysters that came out of the water yesterday. And when they're gone, they're gone. But we'll do it again next week for you. Mm. 
I love that. Yes. And so it, the answer must have been that Tomas loved oysters. He does. He loves oysters and stout. So he was, <laughs> there you go. And you are drinking uh, some stout for breakfast. You go with the Choco Mountain Stout uh, on Nitro. I'm going with the Choco Mountain Stout on Nitro with a little bit of cold brew coffee in there because it's early for me today. Oh, that's yes. a good combination. <laughs> so uh, uh, um, Amanda and I are professionals with this, so we can just drink our beer straight. Yeah. But um, wow. you newbies, you need to have coffee in your, no, I'm just kidding. That sounds like a great combination, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it actually does. It's tasty. I used to make coffee. That was one of my first jobs was doing the hand tamping and the steaming and the, the latte art. Mm -hmm. So when people were like, I'll just have some, maybe a, a brand that I won't name. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> so yeah, next time I'm here recording, I'm going to bring my coffee. I'm going to dump it in some Choco Mountain Sun. I, I think anytime I follow CJ's culinary lead, I will be a happy man. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, so uh, eventually we said yes. You got the job. You started a few weeks ago. Yep. So we're just kind of new, beginning your journey. Brand new. I, one of the conversations you and I had is that you're going to think, uh, I'm going to think maybe I can make this in this kitchen, and then when you get to discover, ah, you know, it's a little bit different because it takes a while to figure out each individual kitchen, right? Yes, yes it does. Uh, I only know that from food cart owners. They open up their cart. They figure everything out. The first day they cook in their cart, um, the salt's in the wrong place. They put the spatula on the wrong, and they mm -hmm. just didn't know because they've never, often, they've never professionally cooked before and not in that space. Right. Mm -hmm. And so your uh, space, you like the space? It's good? I love the space. I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded by the barrel program. I'm surrounded by the brewers. Um, but it, it definitely is, it was weird jumping into a kitchen that I didn't design. You know, it wasn't, the first couple days were a little wonky and, and trying to figure out how everything works. And, um, and we're still in that period where I'm going to try things that might not work in, just yet. Right. You know, in the space, but the equipment that we have, it's a very limited kitchen, and uh, and I do believe that limitations breed creativity. Yep. Um, but also limitations are limitations. They're tough, you know, yep. and you have to figure out, you have to be, um, you know, a little, a little bit like MacGyver. You have to yep. figure out how to do things. I like it. One know. of the things I'm looking forward to is I don't know if it's three months or six months, but eventually you're going to find your rhythm, and either we will have uh, signature dishes that are always on the menu or similar themes. Totally. And whenever that kind of arrives, then we'll have a culmination back bar podcast with the menu, and you'll cook the food, and Amanda and I will eat it. Okay. And we'll talk through the menu. I was just sitting there. I was like, do we get to eat it? Yes, we get to eat it. <laughs> and, and we'll kind of talk through big picture. Great. Because um, I know you love seasonal, you love farm fresh, but we'll kind of, uh, so if you're listening to this podcast and and uh, just watch for that. That'll come down the road. Um, but so it's only been a couple weeks, but so far so good. People loving your food. I think people are really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, we have a we have a menu that's accessible to a lot of people right now. We got a lot of vegetables, and the seasons are driving it, and that is very important to me. Um, I think that's the responsibility of a chef is to is to work with your location and your season and. Um, the fact that we're pairing that with beer now is exciting. Oh, yeah, you stole my thunder. So the other cool thing you love Sorry. to do is, uh, <laughs> no, it's good. The thing you, because it's your passion. It's coming right out. The th you love beer. You're a chef that I loves do. beer who someday wants to open a brewery. And you like drinking the beer and then creating food that pairs with it, right? Uh, yeah, it either goes both, it can go both ways. I'll drink the beer and create food that comes with it, or I'll create food and then I'll go grab a glass of beer and see if it works. Yep, exactly. And I, so that's the cool thing is I can ask you, okay, I'm gonna, what pairs well with this dish? And you tell me, and you're right. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm right. <laughs> Even Michael Jordan missed a couple jumpers. That's right. Well, and then uh, Tomas also has, he has similar. He likes, he knows what pairs well with food. He's kind of understated about it. You know, Tomas is a little bit. Tomas you know, is great at the pairings. Tomas yeah. has come up with some great pairings. And he has an amazing palate and he's very creative. Yeah. Um, he's a little quiet about it. You know, he's mm -hmm. a little understated. But He just uh, kind of brings the food out and then you eat it. Like he did that once to me with uh, chicken hearts. I was like, what? It was just a like a baking tray of chicken hearts that were salted. And I was like, I'm not eating that. 
And he's like, just eat it. <laughs> and he just like didn't even give me a fork, just put the baking tray in front of me here at the bar. <laughs> and I was like, mmm. And it was amazing. And I couldn't stop eating them. I'm like little heart popcorn. Oh, they're delicious. Really they're delicious. <laughs> Maybe you can describe the food and I won't. <laughs> no, I like I like heart popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So uh, one of the things that you're gonna do a lot of is uh, beer pairings. Yes. Um, one of the things you're talking about is oysters. Mm -hmm. um, I know you have a heart for really cool local cheeses, so we'll probably eventually do some things along those lines. Yeah. Definitely. We actually have a couple cheese pairings that we've already done that are really exciting. So, yeah, all those things. And uh, so near and dear to my heart is culinary stuff. I love events. And uh, I'm so excited, Amanda, I get to tell you about this. So I approached CJ about some ideas, and he said, oh, sure. So this is, this is a general like, illustrating the point, but I think it actually, this one actually happens. So I've gone to the Wedge. Uh, this is my fourth year going to the Wedge. Portland celebrates cheese. I was there yesterday. And for the second year in a row, I ran into Mo Mount Hope Farms. They're farmers. They have own farm out in Malala. And you love farmers. Sure do. You love farm fresh food. And they make this amazing um, spiced uh, blackberry jam. Mm. They want a Good Food Here, Here Award, and they say it goes really good with pork. And so something that you're available for is I bring you the jam. You'll come up with some dish that works well with it. We'll have an evening where we'll have that dish. We can have them here promoting their jam and make a fun evening of it. Absolutely. It's cross-promotion. It's what we're all about. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't get to make the food without the product. And so, again, it, that comes down to showcasing and framing what somebody else is doing. So whether it's um, a, a, a cheesemaker or someone that does charcuterie or someone that does jam, small farmers, small artisanal producers, every so often we'll be able to highlight them, have them in an event, and you get to work with them. I look forward to that. Ooh, and I know you have a heart for seafood. Sure do. And so we'll be able to do the same thing with seafood. Doesn't that sound exciting? I never eat before this show, and by the time we're done with it, I am so hungry. Because <laughs> all we do is talk about this amazing and I'm like, oh, what do I have at home? Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when, when we're done, when the podcast is over, have CJ talk to you so he can tell you broccoli. He'll, he'll help you make amazing broccoli. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I am just uh, delighted that you're on the team. It's so exciting to have you here because um, you, you fit. Thank you. Yes. You fit. You know, you, Absolutely you, you, true. You, you visit with the brewers. You know, we all have a similar, we're all different people, but we all kind of fit. We have a similar theme. You fit our corporate culture. You fit our ethos here. Um, yeah. you, you Welcome. I don't think Tomas even <laughs> wants to think of a corporate culture because like, we're yeah. like a family, and you fit. He's like, oh, you belong in this family. Yeah, and I'm, I feel that way. I think that's what really excited me about the interview was, was the idea that, that it's, it's a family. A team is a family, and it's not a corporate culture. And food was never intended to be a corporate culture, and maybe beer wasn't either. I mean, obviously, we live in a different time now, but all these things have roots in just community. So... The fact that Culmination really supports that and is about that is awesome. All right, and as we close, do you have a favorite style of beer that you like? Some people do, some people don't. Uh, anything with water, malt, hops, and yeast. <laughs> <laughs> Very diplomatic answer. Uh, no, I think that's sincere. I think he just, I, he yeah. just likes beer. I, I can appreciate all, all the styles. Um, yeah. That's good. I love it. That's fantastic. Because I don't know if you've noticed, we make a lot of different styles of beer here at Culmination. I noticed. They are always brewing up something crazy and yep. good. So, yep. all right. Any, any other final questions, Amanda? Um, really fast. How does it feel to be a chef now? Because you, you kept talking about, I'm a cook, I'm a cook. How does it, does it feel different? Or oh, totally. It, yeah. 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 I get even less sleep now. <laughs> okay. Um, it's exciting. It's, um, it's a big honor and, and it's very rewarding. Um, you know, there's, there was always a reward of being a cook at the end of the day, of getting through service, knowing that, you know, everything was great, that the guests enjoyed everything. But now as a chef, it's just, it's about three times that much. And um, it's also, 
it's nerve-wracking from day to day. There's a lot, um, I think that there's a lot on my plate. I think that I owe a lot of mentors, um, you know, a lot of respect and to do, to do a good job. I'm here to do a good job. So I'm, I'm stoked though, really couldn't be more excited. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Excellent. All right. Uh, thank you so much, CJ uh, Mueller. Now, you don't know who George Mueller is, do you? I do not. All right. You might want to research him. He's a famous, fa very famous Mueller. Okay. Only people that have been uh, taking theology classes know who he is, but uh, he is a pretty amazing guy. Well, in a couple of years, he'll be researching me because I'll be another famous Mueller. <laughs> I like that. That's, yes, you will because you are an amazing. I already know people wanting to write articles about you just because um, I just can't wait for, for, for as what you'll bring to Culmination and how we're able to help you get where you want to go. So uh, thank you so much. It's been great having a Culmination Back Bar podcast. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers, everybody. Thanks.